come to receive tonight? Hallelujah. What happens when you come to receive? You receive. That's what you get. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I found that no, you know, for the most part, okay, <laughs> for the most part, you can just about go any service and get something from the Lord. Amen. You know, so I know that sometimes that maybe some places maybe not preach faith much or anything like that, but I have learned that I can go there and still with an open heart and receive something from God. Amen. So I've just learned that it really comes down to who's in a place of receiving. And if you're in a place of receiving, praise God, you can always go home with something. Praise God. So we have, in my time with you on the Wednesday night services, have been talking about a life of faith, um, to live by faith and, and to just live by faith. Um, and uh, uh, we've gone last week. I heard Kathy did a great job. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Appreciate you, Kathy. Thank you for that. Praise God. And uh, so uh, I'm going to talk some more about faith tonight. And uh, so let's uh, maybe go to some key verses that I've used. Uh, Mark 11 and 22 says this, praise God. Kind of a simple verse, right? Jesus is, of course, in context, you know, uh, he cursed the fig tree. The fig tree dies, died by the roots. They come back just a little bit later and the boys noticed, you know, man, you know, it already happened. So they're asking how this is, and of course, Jesus says, have faith in God. One, when you kind of look at it in the Greek, um, it just says, have the faith of God. Amen. You know, this is how it works. Try and explain it. This is how it works. You know, you speak to that mountain or that thing that, that's, uh, you know, towering over you, that thing that, uh, you know, that you need to overcome or whatever it is, you speak to it and command it to go, and it'll go, praise God. Now, we've taken time, went through this whole text before, but the idea is that we're to have faith in God. To me, that's kind of a dust statement, but in all honesty, we probably do need to be checked on it once in a while because sometimes we're really not in faith, you know. Sometimes we're just hoping. Uh, nothing wrong with hope in itself, but hope gives substance to things, or pardon me, faith gives substance to things hoped for, so they can be good in that sense, but some people just look at it in the sense of wishing and hoping in the sense, you know, just, you know, they want something to happen, but you're not releasing faith to get it to happen. There's a big difference, all right? And uh, that's what we've been kind of addressing here. So let, give me, uh, let's see, we had some other translations on that, right? Let's see, so the Amplified uh, just adds this, have faith in God constantly. In other words, stay consistent with it, praise God. Amen. I think my last time with you, we talked about consistency. Amen. Uh, did I give you another one too? Let's see, it's the message translation. And uh, Jesus was matter of fact about the whole thing. He embraced, he said, embrace this God life. Everybody say God life. Amen. I like that. So this life of faith, this God life, really embrace it and nothing will be too much for you. Amen. And I believe that. I believe that if you, uh, you know, I think as Christians, sometimes we overcomplicate things. I said as Christians, sometimes we overcomplicate things. And, uh, you know, there's simplicity in Christ. And uh, faith really isn't complicated, amen, it's just that sometimes we strain at it when all along we just relax, amen, just feed, you know, feed on the Word, stand on the Word, and just get, keep yourself in a place of believing and trusting God. In fact, that's what the word faith means, the word faith, the Greek word pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S, and it just uh, means uh, to rely on or depend upon, amen, to have faith in, belief in, confidence in, trust in. So these are all just synonyms to this word faith, all right? 
So uh, let's see here. Let's go then to uh, Hebrews chapter 10, another key verse, and then we'll kind of spin off that again today. So Hebrews, please, chapter 10. Everybody good tonight? I wish the sun would come out and stay out, but I guess regardless, we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Hallelujah. So verse, uh, we'll go back it up. Verse 37 says, uh, let's see, can you, let's see. Yeah, that'll work. Verse 37, is that what we got up there? All right. It says, for yet a little while, uh, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Actually, he who is coming, your cross-references might even say uh, that which is coming instead of he who is coming, because it actually comes out of Habakkuk 2, and actually it says that which is coming, and what it's talking about in context is the dream or the vision uh, the oracle, the revelation, whatever it is that God has spoke to you or whatever it is you have on your heart to do. He says, if you will, if you will keep pressing forward, it will come to pass. Are you still with me? So uh, yet in a little while, that which is coming will come and it will not tarry. So it will happen. Verse 38. Now, here's the key verse. Now, everybody say now. now. You ever notice when you read a verse like that, it always updates. Now, right? Now the just shall live by faith. That's you and me, the just. Again, the word just means uh, uh, the righteous. It's actually the same Greek word, righteous, righteousness, just, justify. It's all the same uh, Greek word. It's just uh, depending on how it's used in a sentence, all right? So the just shall live, how? This is the way we live. We live by faith, amen. This 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 is our lifestyle, amen. This is how we live, amen. We're, we're believers, right? Not doubters. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a believer, not a doubter. Amen. Praise God. We're believers and not doubters. We're believers, right? And uh, not unbelievers. Come on now. Uh, you know, for whatever it's worth, you know, a lot of times we're referred to as believers just because of the fact we know Christ. Uh, but it's one thing to be born again and, and saved and another thing to be believing. Now, they should be one and the same, but they're not always because we've got a lot of believer, a lot of uh, Christians that maybe might not be walking in belief. I know it's nobody in the house. It's all them other people. But I'm just saying that's the truth. You know, there's a lot of times, uh, you know, we're, we know, know the Lord and we're, we're grateful that we have fire insurance. Come on. And uh, we're heaven bound. And, and, uh, but we can go along in life and, and just be miserable in life. And the whole time, we weren't designed to walk in a, a miserable life. We are designed to walk in an abundant life. Amen. Hallelujah. And, of course, we're going to talk a little bit more about that here before we're done here. So it says this, now the just shall live by faith. But then it says this, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. In other words, it brings no satisfaction to God when we're backing up. So the point being is faith is about moving forward. It really is. It's about gaining ground about moving forward. It's about increasing because why? You're trusting in an almighty God. You're trusting in the living God. Amen. And our life should always be moving forward. Can I hear a big amen on that? All right. So my soul, he says, has no pleasure uh, in, in one who draws back. All right. There's no, no satisfaction, uh, you know, that's brought to God when somebody's backing up. Verse 39 says, but we are not of those who draw back to perdition or destruction. How I many know there's nothing back there to go to? Amen. Remember, I, a lot of times people talk about, oh, you know, the good old days. Well, whatever. Yeah, sometimes we can buffalo ourselves about the good old days, right? Come on, somebody. Sometimes they're maybe not as good as we, you know, 
Anyway, I'll leave that alone. Maybe some of you had some great, you know, wonderful growing ups. That's great. I, I you know, praise the Lord. But uh, sometimes we look back and think, you know, the great good old days. And, you know, I always remember a bunch of high schoolers or people that, you know, talking about their days in high school and sports and things like that. And usually we kind of, we're just sitting around lying. <laughs> Exaggerating, maybe better word probably. But, but uh, anyway, it's amazing what we remember. And what we forget, you know, right? So anyway, I'll leave that alone. But anyway, so we, we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but we are, of course, of those who believe. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm a believer. All right. But of those who believe to the saving of the soul. So the point being here is that faith is really about moving forward. It's not about drawing back. It's about moving forward. And if we're going to live by faith, then we've got to be a people that are willing to move forward. Amen. And so with that said, I want to go to uh, the book of Acts tonight is where I want to go. The book of Acts, Acts 17, please, is where we're going to go. Acts 17. Now, of course, we're going to probably hang out with a verse that a lot of us have heard and know, and, uh, but I kind of maybe want to give a little lead up to it. <clears throat> What's going on right now is Paul is in Athens, and, um, of course, a lot's happening. He's pretty stirred right now because he's out there ministering uh, you know, on the streets and one-on-one -on -one and talking with people. And, and uh, you know, there are, um, Athens has got idols everywhere. So all, all across Athens, there's just idols everywhere of every kind of God and every kind of thing, you know. And um, so uh, he's, you know, he's been provoked in his spirit, the word says earlier in the, ver or in the chapter. And verse 22 says, And Paul uh, stood in the midst of Arapagus, okay, I don't know if I'm saying that totally right, but it said, and men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. Now, this word uh, religious actually means more about being more about superstitious, okay, it, it actually is what it means. Um, it actually means fearful of gods, plural, okay, so when he says religious, it's not really saying that they're all leaning toward God here. Are you getting this? All right, so he says, I perceive that y'all, you know, you're all religious or superstitious here. For as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship. I love how he says it. You're the objects. Amen. I like that, right? Paul's pretty cool. The objects of your worship. He was all these idols, right? Uh, I even found an altar. I love this. I found an altar with the inscription, the unknown God. Okay, so he's, he's walked through. He sees all these um, objects of worship, sees all these, you know, the God of this and the God of that and the God of this and the God of that. Of course, it's just, you know, it's just all uh, mythology and all that kind of stuff and it's just made up stuff for the most part. I mean, well, actually for all of it. But uh, they're, they got a, you know, a God for the moon and a God for the sun and a God for knowledge and the God, you know, you know, whatever. They probably have a bathroom God and they got, I mean, I don't know, they got all kinds of gods, okay? So they got a God for everything. And so he's noticing there's no God, there's no, there's no statue that has Jesus, right, or, or, or the Creator, right? So he, he takes, he, you know, he gets this, this uh, you know, this leading of God when he sees this altar that's got the inscription, the unknown God. He goes, hmm, I can use this, right? He says, therefore, he says, the one, this is, how he got, this is how he got their attention, all right? Therefore, right, the one whom you worship without even knowing him. <laughs> I proclaim him to you, all right? I'm going to talk about this one that you refer to as the unknown God. 
And you got this God, right? The God I'm talking about, the God I'm here to talk about, amen, is who, the one who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, amen. Nor is he worshiped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives to all, I love this, he gives to all life, breath, and all things, amen. Hallelujah. I kind of like that when he talked about the breath, since we've kind of been talking about that on some Sunday services here. Amen. So not only life, but he's, he's wanting to, this is the God that breathes into you every day. Praise God. Amen. Sound good? All right. So he goes on. He said, and he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined uh, the pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings so that they should seek the Lord. All right. Everybody say, seek the Lord. Seek the Lord in the hope or the expectation that they might grope for Him. That word there just means really to be in a pursuit of. It means to search for in order to handle and touch. In other words, you're saying, this God that I'm talking about, you can handle and touch Him. Say, well, He's God is spirit. He is spirit. But He's also a God that you can see everywhere. Come on, somebody. And I guarantee in your moment, praise God, anytime you get in the presence of God, you're going to feel something. And you're probably going to see something. Come on now, right? So this God, he's trying to, trying to bring to them the understanding of a living God. He's not just some statue that you bow down to. Come on. He's not something that just, you know, has to have you lift a hand to. Amen. He's there. Amen. He's created it all. He's still moving. He's still flowing. He's still reaching out. He's still breathing. Come on, somebody. He's trying to let it be known, this is the God I bring to you. Amen. Hallelujah. That, he might, that, that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him, key verse, right? In him, everybody say in him. In him we live and move and we have our being. As also some of your own poets have said, for we, all, we are also his offspring. All right? Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped uh, by art or man's devising. In other words, stop seeing this one as just some, some object, as some statue. Amen. I'm coming to you with a living God. Amen. A God that you can uh, approach, a God that you can pursue and communicate with and commune with. Amen. A God, praise God, that in Him we live and move and we have our being. Amen. Talking about a God, amen, that we put our confidence in, our reliance in, our dependence upon, praise God, that we put, praise God, our faith in, praise God. Are you still hearing me today? So he's talking about this God. You know, when we put our faith in God, amen, things uh, happen, praise God. We move forward. God begins to do things. God begins to adjust us, change us, grow us up. God transforms us. Come on, right? I mean, all kinds of things begin to happen. You know, on Sundays we talk about, you know, letting God breathe into us on a day-to-day basis. Amen. And when God's breathing into you, praise God, life's different. Amen. Right? 
Hallelujah. We're not moved by all the, the natural things or have to be uh, dictated to by natural things, praise God. This God, hallelujah, is there for us, praise God. A God that literally we can, we can literally commune with and handle, praise God. We can actually tap presence, amen. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. Let's go back up to verse uh, 28 here. And let's take a look at this because today this is what we're going to talk about. We're going to spend our time concerning this verse right here. Everybody say, in him. In him. Now, this word here, when you look at the word uh, in him, refers to, when you look up the word in, okay, it's just in. It's just, it's just where they get the word in, okay? And uh, so it ain't a very big Greek word, but it means a fixed position, all right? A fixed position or a fixed place, all right? It means, it means this, a relation of rest. In other words, a place where you can rest, rely, or depend, uh, trust, okay? You, you literally are positioning in something. You're fixed in something. You're not straining. You're not struggling, amen? So being in Him means a place of rest, amen? A place of uh, reliance, amen? A place of dependence. I'm not straining. I'm not toiling. I'm not laboring. Amen. I'm just in him. All right. So uh, those that are in him, it says they live, they move and they have their being. Amen. So. All right. So in him being in him, being in this place of reliance, this place of trust. Amen. This place of rest. Um, amen. This fixed position. Everybody say fixed. I mean, it's pretty key. You know, when it says you're in Him, doesn't mean you're in and out. You're up and down, you're fixed. You're in Him. When you're up and down, you're in and out. When one minute you're, you're relying on Him, the next minute you're, you're relying on something else. Come on, that's not being in Him. Now, we can go all day long and do a message just on in Him, literally. There are so many verses that deal with just being in Him what it means. Uh, you know, Dion, in fact, we used, looked at a couple of them, I think, on Sunday, or at least touched about it, or touched on it a little bit Sunday. But uh, being in Him, really, when you stop and think about it, when it all comes down to the bottom, it really deals with who you are. When you're in Him, amen, it's settled. You're not, you're not up and down. You're fixed. Amen. You know, a lot of people, um, you know, they put uh, their confidence in, in stuff. They put their confidence in things. They put their confidence in education or they put their confidence in knowledge only, amen? Nothing wrong with any of these things, but you don't, you don't put all your faith and trust in those kind of things because they'll be with you one minute and gone the next. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, you don't put your, uh, you don't put your trust or your confidence, uh, you know, in, in uh, natural things to empower you. Now, listen, okay, because sometimes it's like, well, um, uh, I need a vacation. Well, nothing wrong with vacation. You, need va you know, I think everybody should get a vacation. I think you should have several and get to go where you want to get to. Come on, come on. So don't, don't walk out of thinking I'm against vacations. But if you were looking for a vacation to be the only thing that empowers you or strengthens you, come on, or brings rest, then we're not doing it right. Amen. We should be able to go on a vacation already ready. 
<laughs> come on, come on. I like, I like uh, you know, hanging out like the next guy, amen, on, if it's on a beach or whatever, come on, somebody, or Disneyland or whatever it is, amen, I, I, I'm, amen, I don't have any problem with that. Or get on the bike, praise the Lord, and go for a ride. I enjoy it, praise God. It's refreshing, praise God. It's there for your enjoyment, amen. But I don't put my faith in it because it's not what, it's not in that that I, that I uh, live and move and have my being. Still with me? Amen. You know, it's not even in family. Get awful quiet in this Holy Ghost house. Praise God for family. Amen. We love our families. Amen. Praise the Lord for those in our family. Amen. But you don't find, you know, it isn't in your family that we live and move and have our being. Still with me? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So the point is, it's in Him. So being fixed. Amen. A fixed position in Him. If I'm in Him, these things begin to happen. Now, let's define them a little bit and look at this, all right? So what's it mean here uh, that in Him we live? So what does this word live? Now, the Greek word for this is zeo, not zoe, but zeo, okay? It just means a life being lived, uh, you know, an everyday conducting life, okay? But it literally means this, to have life, all right, or experience life. See, in Him we experience life, amen? In Him we have life. Real life in Him, Amen. It means a life of enjoyment. Woo! I like that, Amen. In fact, the uh, uh, one of the verses that I like is John ten ten, and it says that I have come. Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come. Come on, that what you might have life, what, and that you may have it more abundantly. Everybody say have life. So how many know that it's good to be in Jesus? Come on, so that you can have life. And it says here in this verse, not just, you know, any ordinary life, but I want you to have it more abundant. Amen. Abundant life. Let's see, did I give some uh, translations on that? Give me some of those, Kathy. How about the Amplified? Thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that they may have, uh, have, I love this, have and enjoy life. I like that. Have and enjoy life. Come on. This is a good verse to know. A lot of Christians look like they've been baptized in lemon juice. Come on. We should have a, we ought to enjoy this life. Come on, if we're not enjoying this thing, we're doing it wrong. If we're not enjoying it, we're doing it wrong. Okay. We're not saying that there ain't going to be moments of pressure, things to deal with, things to overcome, things that maybe can go on that sometimes we don't even like. But we should still be able to walk this walk in God, have the life that He's called or we're called to, and enjoy it, praise God. And it goes on to say, and have it, amen, in abundance to the full till it overflows. Isn't that good? Amen. Give me another one, Kathy. I think I gave you a few of those, didn't we? The New Living Translation. The thief's purpose, that's his purpose, is to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen. So if there's something being stolen, killed, or destroyed, we know who's doing it. Okay. But Jesus said, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Isn't that good? That's a cool, that's a good one. Amen. Did I give you another like message or something like that? Let's try that one once, okay? 
Uh, okay, so the message translation, uh, well, let's see, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I come so they can have real, I like that, that's what I brought this one out. They can have a real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Isn't that good? Now, real and eternal life, you know, a lot of times when we, you, you look up the, you know, people think of eternal life, it just means perpetual or ongoing life. Uh, but Jesus made it clear about eternal life. Uh, he says in, in John 17 and 3, he said, this is eternal life, is knowing, knowing God, the living God, the one true God, come on, and the one in whom he sent. Come on, somebody. So when you made Jesus Lord of your life, come on, that's when eternal life began. Are you with me? Yes. Now, let me ask you something, okay? So, um, you know, eternal life is perpetual, ongoing, so that eternal life is not only going to carry from this moment on all the way to your time in heaven. Um, what kind of life do you plan on having in heaven? Not a trick question. Mm -hmm. Now, none of us probably have been there. I don't know, maybe somebody has. You know, sometimes it happens. You know, somebody's had an out-of-body experience, or they maybe they passed on, went to heaven, got raised back up, whatever. Um, you know, that could be. Uh, it happens. Um, so it could be somebody in here that's maybe had that experience. But most, most of us as believers have never seen heaven. Come on. And we have ideas. Do you know that it ain't, they don't really even talk a lot in the Scriptures about heaven? Did you know that? It, do, it just gives kind of some basic ideas here and there. Come on, somebody. But there ain't any ideas of, about heaven that is, looks boring or depressing. There ain't anything that I read about heaven that I'm thinking, well, maybe I don't want to go there. Anybody else? No, I, you know, everything I read about heaven, all the information that we do have of the description of heaven, looks like it's been a pretty good place. And Jesus said in the model prayer, he said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Even in Deuteronomy, amen, he brings out uh, to pray for days like heaven on earth. Amen. Now, the point I'm trying to make is a real life, an eternal life. No matter how you look at this, you could say, well, someday in the sweet by and by, I'm going to have a wonderful life. No, that, that sweet by and by is trying to f manifest in your life right now. And all he needs is you to be fixed <laughs> in more ways than one. But you need to be fixed in position, right? Come on, right? You need to be fixed in him, praise God. Put your faith in him. Put your reliance in him. Put your dependence upon him. Amen. Put your trust in him. Amen. Don't, don't look to everything else to be what fills your need that causes you to, to live and, and you know, to, to, to move and have your being. Put it in him, praise God, because in him you do live. You do move. You do have your being, praise God. Amen. Are you still with me? You know, it's when we put our confidence in all the other things and usually get a letdown. I said then we usually get a letdown. Come on. There's a lot of cool things out there, and the Word says they're there for your enjoyment, but you start putting your confidence and trust in it, and somewhere along the line you're going you're gonna to be, you know, have a letdown somewhere. Somebody's going to let the air out of your tires along the way, or at least try, you know. And uh, now nobody wants to hear about all that, but 
you know, that's why it pays to just put your confidence and reliance in him. Amen. And so that's why Paul's talking to these folks. He says, listen, you know, uh, you, you're all bound down to all this natural, you know, stuff made of wood and, and clay and, and made of stone. And, and you know, and, uh, you know, I'm coming to you, uh, you know, with this one right here, uh, the unknown God, the one that you don't know yet. But I'm going to introduce you to him. And he's the one, he's really the only one you need to be bound down to. Because he's your reliance. He, I mean, he's it. He's your answer. Amen. He's your all in all. He's the one to give you breath. He's the one that gives you life. Come on, somebody. Amen. He's the one who'll give you strength. He's the one, praise God, that'll, that'll cause you to move forward and to have your being. Praise God. This is the one you need to be uh, yielding to and submitting to. Praise God. Are you still with me? So let's continue to look at this, all right? So in him we live, right? So have life or experience life in the life of enjoyment, praise God, or abundant life. Amen. So that's what John 10 is talking about, praise God. Amen. Put John 14 and 6 up, please. Praise God. Thank you, Kathy. Hallelujah. Give Kathy a, a hand clap, praise God. Hallelujah. All right, John 14 and 6 says this. Jesus said, uh, said to them, or to him actually, I, I am the way. Everybody say the way. Yeah. You notice it didn't say I am a way. Just, just a thought, right? I'm the way, right? I'm the truth. He's not just a truth. He's the truth. I'm not just, here we go, a life. I'm the life, right? The one, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. So he is, amen, the way, the truth, and the life. Praise God. He's the life. Praise God. If you want life, it's in him. Right? You know, I was, um, I don't know if it was Sunday or the Sunday before, but I was uh, doing the offering time, and I just, you know, the word talks about the blessing and uh that with the blessing, um, it's a ble- when you when the blessings and manifestation in your life, uh, there's no sorrow with it. Proverbs ten brings that, but the word's real clear that when uh, when you're putting your confidence and trust in all the other things, it says you're gonna uh, you're ultimately what it says is you are pierced through with many sorrows. So. To me, I'd rather stay connected to him, walk in the blessing, stay under the hoopah, right, the covering, right, stay in him, and not have the sorrows. Are you still with me? So this life, amen, he's the way, he's the truth, and he's the life, praise God. And that's why we stay in him, all right? So when you find yourself, uh, when you find yourself straining, struggling, um, you find yourself toiling, laboring. What's happening is you're not, you're not in him now. Now you're, you're trying to do it in your own power or in your own abilities or uh, leaning on something else to be your answer. And listen, I'm talking to Christians. I ain't talking to the world. I'm talking to Christians. Amen. And you have to understand, he's, he's talking, uh, you know, Paul, uh, you know, he's, he's addressing, amen, all mankind, Amen. But, uh, you know, you have to understand when Jesus was even talking to the disciples, amen, he's letting them know, listen, I'm it. You don't have to look any further. I'm it. I'm your answer, praise God. So, you know, Paul knew he's it. 
I don't need to lean on anything else, praise God. Amen. Now, praise God for all the blessing of God or all the things that come, God brings into your life, the people God brings into your life, the things, whatever, all that to enjoy. But remember, that's not where your fulfillment comes. Am I right? Are you still with me or am I boring you tonight? All right. So in him, let's back to that uh, uh, verse again. In him, right, uh, we have life. Praise God. In him. Praise God. Uh, praise God. Let's put, uh, let's put uh, 1 Timothy 6 and 12. Let's go ahead and just follow with that verse there, Kathy. Amen. Now, a lot of times I'm, 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 I'll go to this verse because I'll talk about, uh, you know, uh, the good confession. You've got to have your mouth engaged here. Doing, you've got to not only, not only have faith in your heart, you've got to have faith in your mouth. Amen. It's through a good confession or homos logia, same word, covenant acknowledgement it means. But if you look at it, it says fight the good fight of faith. Everybody say fight the good fight. Fight fight. Hallelujah. But the first thing it says is lay hold onto eternal life or that quality of life, that life you're called to. Lay hold onto it, all right? So what I'm talking tonight about is grabbing hold, staying in him, grab hold of that life that you're called to. Amen. Don't let go of it, right? Amen. That's, that's for you, praise God. So uh, one of the things I think that happens a lot of time as believers, somehow or another, we have a tendency because, uh, because we're in the world, even though we're not of the world, we're still in the world and have a tendency to still allow worldism, world philosophy, come on, world's ways, come on, begin to, you know, still attach itself to us. Come on, somebody. And we assume that, well, this is the way, uh, you know, grandpa lived, this is the way dad lived, this is the way I'm probably going to live. Nothing wrong with grandpa, nothing wrong with dad, come on. But I'm just saying, sometimes we have a tendency to think that life is, you know, this the way it is out here is the best that it can get. Let me do one step further. Sometimes we think that the only time that we can have some fun in God is when we come to church. I hope you have fun in God when you come to church at least. Amen. But the point is this. Sometimes we think, you know, out there life is just, you know, rotten and stinky and a lot of, you know, you know the world's crazy and, and this is as good as it's going to get. And what happens, the enemy wants you to think that. But when you get fixed in him, pretty soon you start realizing, I don't have to live that way. I don't have to accept that. I don't have to be held to that. I'm not held to the world's systems. I'm not held to the world's economy. I'm not held to the world's philosophies. Come on. They all think a certain way, but I'm not held to that. You know, sometimes I, uh, I like to take time and look at things, and, and uh, I, enjoy, I enjoy the stars, okay? I enjoy, uh, you know, uh, I enjoy a clear night where you can walk out and just, ah, I just stare, I just, I don't know, just something about it just kind of, I enjoy that. And uh, so sometimes I, I like to, you know, uh, you know, get my iPad out, and I, I start looking at stuff and everything from, uh, you know, when they sent the, the Hubble aircraft out and all the different pictures that it sends back and, and the things that they've done here, and they've sent this here. And yet they get, nowadays they got these telescopes that can 
pull in stuff. They'll, they'll literally can zero in on an area that looks like there's absolutely nothing in that space. And they'll just, they'll just let that, that thing gradually just, just kind of focus and focus and focus and focus until it starts pulling on light. And all of a sudden, in that spot with the natural eye, it looks like there's absolutely nothing there. It starts pulling out all the different universes that are out there, and it's just phenomenal, you know. And then you got you got men and, and women who uh, you know have make a life and a living out of studying this kind of stuff. And some of them, you know, they they got some cool you know ideas and information, and and they say this is you know so many uh, you know million light years away, and this is that, and this is that. Like you know I you know I don't know how they get all that, and whatever you know we don't know how accurate all that is. Uh, but I was watching one the gentleman the other day, and and uh, you know I I think he's as lost as a goose in a snowstorm. But I, I you know uh, but he had some pretty cool information about some things. And he says that this, he's talking about, you know, they were thinking that the, that the universe is closing in. And, and he says, but what they found is the universe is still expanding. Their idea first was that, you know, it's probably all closing in and everything. You know, the black holes are going to suck everything in and we're all going to die. Of course, it could be millions of years from now, but you know. <laughs> right, everybody's kind of got their ideas, you know. Uh, but they said that they start, they start, they start um, you know, Talking about how when they're now that they're because they're able now to determine some things in 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 lengths and and, and dimension you know they they just start analyzing and so they're saying that now they realize that the universe is still expanding and they says and, and his uh, his word is that there's this this energy that's all over the universe. And he, they have a name for it, and they're trying to talk about how this energy just keeps making everything expand. And where did it come from? <laughs> I know the answer. Amen. And, you know, Trudy brought up light be, and light was. You know, he called everything, and, you know, Flung the stars, the scripture says, amen, and they're still, everything out there is still, amen, going and, and producing, and it's a wonderful thing. The point is, that's the one we trust in. He's the God that we lean on. And if he can do that, and with just, with a couple words, and the whole universe is still expanding, and we're going to put our faith and confidence in some natural things. See what I'm saying? And then we, we end up with the kind of life the world has, even, even though we're children of God. And the greater, and he says, and we're his offspring. He says, even your poets say that we're the offspring of, you know, of this unknown God. Well, you're the offspring of God. The greater one's on the inside of you. Amen. And that's why we, we have a fixed position, amen, a relation of rest, reliance and dependence upon, without toil, without struggle, without strain, amen. We lock ourselves in Him, amen. That doesn't mean there ain't things to do. That doesn't mean that there ain't moments of, of fighting the good fight of faith and pressing in for something. But in God, we begin to experience the life that we're called to. And that's why we lay hold on to it. Amen.
And if it's not manifesting like you know it should, then grab, keep pressing in. Keep yourself locked into God. Praise God. Don't put your faith and trust in all the other stuff. Come on now. Come on. All right. All right. In Him, praise God. All right, let's, let's back to that verse in Acts 17 again. Verse 28, for in Him we live, and then what? What's the next one? And we move. So what does that mean, okay? Is that just, you know, what, what is that talking about? Well, the word move here means uh, to stir, to move forward, literally. It means uh, um, to entice and to motivate, okay? So in Him there's motivation. In Him there's uh, an enticement to move forward. Amen. literally just means to, to give and drive, give and motive. Amen given enticement to just keep going forward, praise God. See, when you stay in Him, everything in you wants to go forward. Everything in you wants to grow and develop. Amen. Wants to know more of Him. Amen. Wants to, wants to connect more. And Amen. When you're in Him, that's all you want to do. But when you pull out, pretty soon everything else is now breathing into your life. All this other stuff's going on. Pretty soon you just, you know, just... The couch just seems okay. Nothing wrong with sitting on the couch. But pretty soon that's our life. It, no, it ain't beyond the couch. What did we used to call it? To veg out? <laughs> if, you like a, if you like broccoli and lay or something, I don't know. You know, whatever. I don't know even where they got that, but to veg out, you know. But the bottom line is when you're vegging out, you're not moving forward. Come on, somebody. And faith moves forward. And so when we position ourselves in Him, we're motivated to move forward. We're motivated to grow, praise God. Amen. We're motivated to learn. We're motivated, praise God, to, uh, to, to press in, to, to make adjustments in areas of our life. We're motivated to, uh, to increase in, in those areas of our life that maybe uh, ain't where they need to be. So we, 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 we're motivated, praise God, to take ground in that, praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's take the next mountain, praise God. You know what I mean? Let's, let's grab, uh, grab for more, praise God. Let's, let's take ground, amen. And then, you know, like he said to Joshua, he said, you know, every place a sole of your foot treads is going to be yours. And the implication is this, you're going to have to tread. Take ground, son. Take ground, amen. And if you take ground, every place you take, step forward, I'm giving to you, praise God. Amen. So to me, in him then, Every fiber of you wants to take ground. Every fiber of you wants to grow. Every fiber of your being, praise God, wants to, wants to be all that you're called to be, praise the Lord. It's not hard. You know, a lot of times as um, a preacher, um, you know, we, you know, I don't know, um, maybe it's just, you know, whatever, but a lot of times we, we feel like we're kind of the cheering squad, you know, sometimes maybe the coach. You know, and, uh, you know, trying to motivate people to keep going and keep doing. And, and I think, in all honesty, we should be that way. Come on, somebody. I don't think we should all be saying, you know, trying to depress you, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, our idea, our heart is to, to mo cause everybody to, to step forward, to move forward, to gain ground and everything. But, but when you're in Him, you don't necessarily need uh, the man of God to always prod you to move forward. You're already moving forward, taking ground, and you're just taking that as confirmation. Praise the Lord. Amen, right? Are you still with me? I mean, I'm not trying to work myself out of a job. I'm just saying, you know, if uh, we're all leaning in Him and fixed in Him and praise God, man, you're already taking ground every day. Praise God. 
learning something, reading something, growing in something, praise God. Uh, you know, stirring yourself in some other area of your life, praise God. Amen. So in Him, we not only live, but we, we move, praise God, move forward. We're enticed and motivated to take ground, praise God, to move forward. Amen. If you remember back in Hebrews 10, and I know we read it earlier, but uh, put that verse 39 again. It says, but we uh, are not of those who draw back, right? We're those that move forward, right? We don't draw back, right? We move forward. Amen. Uh, we're, we're, the, we're believers, praise God. Amen. We're, we're moving forward, praise the Lord. There was a few verses, you know, that the scriptures talk about. Luke 9 is one. Uh, Luke 9 and 62, I think it is. Luke 9 and 62. And Jesus uh, said to him, uh, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Hmm. Looking back ain't no way to go. We're all always moving forward. So you stay in him. Guess what? You'll probably keep your hand in the plow. Just keep going. Keep moving forward. Praise God. Amen. We don't live by, you know, watching the rearview mirror. Praise God. Amen. We look out the windshield. Come on, somebody. Anyway, I guess I don't know how good an example that is. But the bottom line is, amen, we don't live by the rearview, or by the, you know, rearview mirror. Come on. There's always things going on behind you. There's always things that you went through, always things that have happened in your life. We get that. But we're, we're a people that move forward. Amen. If you don't watch it, you know everything back behind you dictates your life. You don't watch it. So you got to be somebody that moves forward. Amen. Take ground. Get the notches on the belt. Get some victories. Get some successes. Amen. And uh, it's, it's going to be, you know, moving forward. And he says that if somebody that's looking back all the time isn't even fit for the kingdom of God. And that, that really, the kingdom, the rule, the reign, the realm of God. So in other words, what happens is you're not drawing on God at all. That's what it means. Not just saying that you're not going to heaven because you're looking backwards. It just means that all of God's resources, all of God has, His kingdom, you've, you've literally cut yourself short of what you're made for. Amen. The whole time, all of God's resources are at your disposal, but you're too busy looking back here instead of just moving forward. Amen. Hallelujah. Staying motivated, praise God, and taking ground. Amen. I think I had another one in Luke, didn't I? Was that, uh, this is a really long verse. Okay, it's a short verse, but it has a big meaning, right? Okay, remember Lot's wife. What happened to Lot's wife? She looked back, all right? Became a pillar of salt. She looked back, and, uh, uh, you know, there's no, there's no reason to look back. Amen. In her life, that was, you know, when, when she was... Uh, you know, her and her family being delivered out of that. Amen. Just keep on moving. Leave it all behind you. But the problem was she still had some loyalties back there. And that's kind of the whole implication of being turned into a pillar of salt. And uh, it's a whole other sermon. But the bottom line is she looked back. Her loyalties were still back there. Come on, somebody. Instead of just moving forward. Amen. Praise God. And I just kind of like that. I just, just how he said, remember Lot's wife. None of us need to be looking back. Just keep moving forward. You know, a lot of things go on in our life. Um, a lot of things that happen, and, and some of it isn't, isn't even all that good, is it? Come on. Things that go on. And uh, if you don't watch it pretty soon, that's all you're thinking about is what happened yesterday, what happened yesteryear, yesterdecade. Some people are still hung up with something that happened decades ago. Come on, somebody. And the whole time, it's like it isn't worth it. Move forward. Stay in Him. You know, when you're in Him, you think about it, when you're in Him, He's moving you forward. 
Somebody said, well, how's God going to fix that back there? Well, that's his business. You just move forward. And if God, ahead, as you're moving forward, if God has you handle something, deal with something, pray about something, uh, apologize or whatever, or get your heart right about something, whatever is going on back there, God just says to get that fixed means you got to move forward. Not by hanging out, meditating on it, or, or letting it dictate your life. But you know, when you're in Him, that doesn't matter. I mean, when you actually get in Him, that isn't even a concern. So in Him you live, and in Him you move. You're motivated and enticed to, to move forward because you're in Him. You don't, you know, you're not having to strain at it, struggle at it. Remember, in Him, you're, there's no toiling. You're in Him. So you now are experiencing the life you're called to. You're now moving forward like you're supposed to. Amen. You know, who you are and all that you're called to be and do is ahead of you, not behind you. So, well, Pastor, you don't know I blew it and messed up my, my calling. No, you didn't. Word says they're irrevocable. They're not pulled back. So gifts and callings are still ahead of you. You might have some things to work through by moving forward. But that you didn't lose that. Come on. I'm serious. I've seen people give up things because they've been through multiple relationships. Put that behind you and move forward. Am I in here? Amen. We're not, we're not justifying anything. We're not excusing anything. We're not, you know, uh, you know, we're not trying to, you know, you know, try to make some kind of excuse about anything back there. We're just saying, listen, your life is ahead of you. So get in him and move forward. And you'll be amazed at what gets handled, what gets taken care of, what gets fixed. And just by moving forward. I mean, we got way too many Christians still living in the past. We got way too many Christians still under shame, guilt, condemnation. Get in Him, walk free from all that. I'm serious. Got way too many brothers and sisters in Christ that can't step forward because they're too busy thinking about how they messed up or, or what they've been through. And, and uh, listen, we're not, even some of the things that you've been through that no person should have went through, but you went through. Are you hearing me? Nobody should have done that. Nobody, that should have never happened, but it did. Um, that's not the way it, it's supposed to happen, but it did. Uh, it was wrong, yes, it was wrong. But you got to move forward. So regardless of whether you were done wrong or you did wrong, regardless of whether uh, it wasn't done entirely perfect or you were taken advantage of or whatever, we can go on and on and on with all this, but the bottom line is it, all of that 
is really, in a sense, irrelevant. We're not making light of it, but it's irrelevant concerning the life that you're called to. It's irrelevant. So you have to move forward, but you won't move forward if you don't get fixed in a position in Him and trust Him, rely on Him. Find your place of rest in Him. Amen. If you don't do that, you're going to constantly strain and struggle, and you'll go another decade letting something that happened to you a decade ago still control you and control your destiny, control your future. Well, it shouldn't happen. No, it shouldn't have. But you're moving forward. You're going to put that in the, you know, in the dust. Well, anyway, hallelujah. You're going from glory to glory, right? From faith to faith. Taking the next mountain. Amen. How you want to word it? Hallelujah. No turning back. No looking back. Amen. Praise God. No drawing back. We move forward. Go ye. It doesn't say stop ye or turn around ye. It's go ye. Amen. Well, whatever. Anyway, so praise God. All right, let's get back. Okay, so back to that verse again in, in uh, Acts 17. Hallelujah. So in him, what? We have what? We have life, right? We live. We, what? we move. We what? Have our being. So let's look at that one, right? So remainder of our time, we can look at that. So uh, we have our being. So what is that referring to? Well, it means purpose of being. It even refers to even having hope. Uh, you, in, in Him, you, you exist or have expectation. Um, there's all kinds of different ways, but it brings in also reason of existence. Get this, it even means aim for accomplishment. So it's in Him, see, that you, you begin to find your purpose. It's in Him that you begin to find who you were designed to be. Really, bottom line, it's in Him that you find your identity. See, it's in Him. Your true identity is only found in the Father. Do you know that? Really? In Him. So when you're in Him, amen, that's when you begin to find your true identity. See, all your life, you might be told who you are by all kinds of sources. <laughs> I was told who I was <laughs> and where I was going. <laughs> And so, you know, everybody had their opinions, right? And, and maybe uh, the way it was at that moment, um, their opinions might not have been that far off. The point is, in him, though, none of it was right. In him, I have my being. In him, praise God, I have purpose. In him, I'm now aimed for accomplishment. Amen. And I like that, you know, I, I now experience a life I'm called. I'm now motivated to move forward. And as I move forward, I begin to have my being. I begin now to walk in calling, begin to walk in destiny, begin to walk in my purpose, begin to walk in the, in the design that I've been made for, you know, what I've been made for. Amen. Every one of us have callings and giftings. Come on. Every one of us have, have purpose. Come on. And if you stop, you think about it. Think about how the enemy has tried to steal your purpose. Right? But when you get in him, you know, like this, you know, when you get in him, you ever, you ever notice how, how you know, you kind of get pumped up and, woo, 
yeah, you know, rah, you know, you're like, you know, bite the, you know, the chair in front of you. You're just ah, you know, it's like, come on, you know, it's just like when you get in, that's the way you get. But the problem is we get in, we get out, we get in, we get out, we get in, we get out, we get in, we get out. So pretty soon things ain't rolling like we want them to or like they should. You know, one minute it feels like, man, we can take on the world. The next minute it's like, dear God, I'm locking myself in the house. <laughs> right? But that only happens when we're in and out. But if you can get in and stay in, you just keep, see, you, you walk in the life you're called to, you're motivated to keep moving forward, and you begin to walk in your purpose, praise God. There are things that you're called to do that nobody else is called to do. Things that you're called to fulfill that nobody else can do. You know, we have a tendency sometimes, um, as, you know, human beings, and I didn't necessarily, you know, I actually have done whole cert, whole messaging on this, but about when we have a tendency sometimes to um, compare ourselves. We're not called to compare. The word says it's dangerous to compare yourself one to, with another because you're not called to be that person. That person ain't called to be you. And so it's dangerous to compare. Now, you can glean and learn off one another and see, you know, we might there might be things that we've learned along the way and, and, you know, there might be certain characteristics that, uh, that that person that you admire have that, you know, I want to I wanna have those kind of, I want to be that, you know, have a good character. And those, 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 there ain't nothing wrong with any of that. That's all good. But when it comes time to who you are, he's the only one that can answer that. He's the only one that can aim you for accomplishment. You know, when we try to do it, now, granted, we, uh, you know, especially when it comes time to a church, you know, there's a lot of things to do, and we, we try to plug people in and get everybody kind of moving forward. And the idea is to not only, not only just to, um, you know, just give you something to do, but, I mean, that's sometimes good too, right? But, but for the most part, it's about moving you forward because it allows you to start kind of taking steps toward things, and pretty soon you start realizing, you know, yeah, I, I'm not really called to the nursery. That was an easy one, right? So you don't have to strain at night wondering, am I called to work in the nursery? No, you figured that out real quick. Maybe. Some of you are like, phew, all the way, man. That's, your, that's it. You love that. You enjoy that. Praise the Lord. You know, not everybody's called to do youth. Not everybody's called uh, to do, you know, we, I don't care what we, we pick up, what the department or what it is, if it's outreach or whatever it is, amen, but the idea is to start, you know, moving you toward things. The idea is to, you know, get you moving, really when it comes down to it, to get you in Him. You're serving, you're helping, these are all characteristics of, of, of Him, and you're just kind of being that child of God. The idea is not just so we get a, get a position filled, the idea is to hopefully get you in Him where then you know that you know that you know where you're aimed to do, called to do, called to be. Still with me? Yeah. And granted, uh, you know, especially when a smaller church, uh, you know, uh, I hate to, I can't believe that didn't came out of my mouth. But anyway, um, but early on, you find yourself changing hats all the time. And I don't think that's the way it's meant to always be. Maybe starting off, it might end up being that way, but as you move forward and as a church grows and develops, amen, people, you specifically find where everybody fits. And once you find where they assemble, 
come on, or they fit, amen, it works. And the more you get people where they belong, the better it works. Some people say, oh, I just can't stand doing this. We probably need to get you moved somewhere else. <laughs> that doesn't mean you have, there isn't a place to do or to be or to help or to serve. Amen. It just means that you're probably, that's probably not it. That's all. Amen. But ultimately, the idea of the whole thing is get everybody in him. We get in him. Amen. Now we're aimed. Amen. We know where we're headed. We know what we should do. We know what we're called to be, what we're called to do, praise God. And, 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 you know, to really be honest, that's where all of a sudden now that fulfillment. In Him we, we live and we move and we have our being. And it's in Him that we find satisfaction and, and comfort and, and, and strength and joy and peace and all those attributes that are there available, praise God. Why? Because you're, you're in Him. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo! Mercy. Let's look at a few verses, all right? How about this? Philippians 3. Put that up, if you will. Verse 12. I'm not going to read the whole text, but we'll read this, this verse. Not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I might, here we go, what? That I might, what? Lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. In other words, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep moving forward in Him and I'm going to be aimed for accomplishment. I'm going to find my place, find my purpose, praise God. And that's what it's about, being all that I'm called to be. Amen. Fulfilling the calling, fulfilling. Amen. And, of course, Paul writing this, man, my weak guy, he wrote two-thirds in the New Testament and still saying, I haven't attained yet, I haven't already been perfected yet, but I just keep moving forward. Amen. And I want to see the whole thing that I'm called to be and do be fulfilled. Praise God. Amen. Is he still with me? All right, 1 John 4, 4. Put that one up, if you will. <clears throat> it says this, praise God. You are of God, little children. You are of God and have what overcome them because he who is what? In you is greater than he who is in the world. Amen. Now, the reason I like to read this is because inside of you, amen, you have seeds of greatness. You've been engineered, amen, for accomplishment, for success. Come on, somebody. You got in you what it takes. So that's why when we get in Him, then what's in you begins to manifest. That's why, if you stop and you think about it, that's why a lot of times there is, um, uh, like, I don't know if I want to say annoyance. I don't know if that's the right word. Sometimes, you know, you just feel like that scratchy feeling, like it's like something just ain't right. Uh, you know, I'm doing on this, but it just... Just something ain't right. What, what is it? Well, there's something in you that's trying to be, but when you're not in Him, you know, resting in Him, then that doesn't happen, and your life then is kind of always this, kind of like I'm, like I'm wearing two right shoes. I'm doing something. I'm, I'm, I'm connected to Him in the sense of, you know, I, I fellowship, I pray, I, I go to church. I raise my hands in worship. I, I help here. I help there. I even tithe. But I still feel like I got two right shoes on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's the truth. 
It happens. So what is that about? Well, because what's in you, those seeds of greatness, that thing on there, who you are, your, the being, amen, what you've been designed for probably hasn't yet happened. Or maybe it's begun to happen but not fulfilled yet. Or, you know, maybe it's not come into fruition like it should. Well, what does that mean then? So what does that mean? Well, stay in Him. Because in those moments of frustration is when we have a tendency to start leaning on other things. I mean, this is serious business. I'm serious. This is serious. Because what happens then, pretty soon, we're looking to everything else to answer it. When all along, it's already in here, but you got to get in Him, fixed in Him, to let this, so you're aimed for accomplishment. Otherwise, you're going to start straining and looking at everything else. So, and that's the, that's the, that's the temptation. It's because you've got this thing. So, i got to do something. i got to fix this. No, 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 stay in. No, no, don't get out. The, no, in here. Get in here. Stay there, right there. Stay in there. Just stay in there. And you see now, you're, amen, there's the life. There's, you're moving forward, amen. Now you're being aimed for accomplishment. You have your being. That's what, but, but see, the temptation is because of the agitation or because of the discomfort. Um, here's another thing. Listen, if you don't stay in Him, you, you bump into people. There's people that, you know, the Word talks about, you know, spheres of influence, and, and uh, everybody has a sphere of authority or sphere of influence, what it refers to. And, um, and um, your sphere bumps into another sphere, bumps into another sphere. Everybody has, you know, who they are and everything that goes on. And if you don't watch it pretty soon, um, you know, that's where all the little things like comparing or, you know, we might look at them and think they're, they're yay or they're nay. Come on, somebody. Uh, they're good. They're bad. Um, that's the problem with comparisons because we might compare ourselves with them and think, I'm doing okay compared to you. Uh, or it could be, I'm, 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 I'm miserable compared to you or whatever. And neither one of them are right. Okay. And we're working. We're, listen, because we, we have people that come in our lives, could be family, could be friends, could be church members, all kinds of stuff. And if you don't stay in him, those kind of things will bump you off and And then you mess up the process, right? So what happens a lot of times when you're in Him, though, and you're dealing with people? <laughs> Sorry, says, I don't know. I've never been in Him yet. <laughs> Come on. I know you've been in Him. All, I know who I'm talking to tonight. I'm talking to my Wednesday night crowd here. Come on. I know that you've been there. You know, you've been there. You know what it's like when you're in Him. Amen. You've experienced that. When you're in Him, all that little stuff that's going on, the little schisms, the little this, the little goods, the little bads, the little ups, the little downs, all the little stuff, it's like you always know what you need to do because you're being aimed. You're motivated to move forward. You experience a life, and you always know what you need to do. I'm serious. It's, you, you don't want to get out from under it. 
you got to stay in it because it's in Him that you have your being. It's in Him that you find your purpose. It's in Him that, you know, when you're in Him, you actually love people. <laughs> oh, even the stinker, right? It's like for some reason you just, you have love in your heart for them. Amen. And you just, it's just somehow because you're being aimed for accomplishing it. Because those are all just things that, that comes with it. And that you just, you just move forward and you take ground and you become who you are. Pretty soon you, you're walking in a greater anointing. Come on, you know you're all called to be anointed? That was weak. Uh, you know you're all called to be anointed? It's not just for a preacher. It's not just for somebody that stands behind a pulpit or somebody that stands in a prayer line. The anointing is to live by. The anointing is there for you to live. That burden-removing, yoke-destroying power is supposed to be there. And when you're in Him, amen, anointings increase. Giftings begin to come into fruition and begin to be fine-tuned. And all that stuff begins to happen because you're in Him. You're fixed. I keep stressing that. Fixed position. Relation of rest, reliance, dependence, without toil, without strain, without laboring, amen, without doing anything, trying to do, fix it all yourself, but you're fixed in Him. When you're in Him, it worketh. Amen? Amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Let's see here. I had, um, I, guess, I guess when I was kind of meditating on this, I was just thinking about... Um, Maybe just real quick, just throw these last ones up. We'll do 1 Corinthians 15, put that up there. You know, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, it's, it's referring to being in Him. Being in Him, you, you walk in victory. The next one, 2 Corinthians 2, it says, thanks be to God who, what, who always leads us, right, in triumph. Amen. You'll experience more successes, more victories, praise God. And he says, even through us, isn't that great? Diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. That's where, you know, you, it's not hard to be a light. It's not hard to be the salt. It's not hard to be the difference maker. Amen. It's not hard to be the witness when you're in him. You don't strain at that. Come on now. Amen. And I just put uh, 1 John 5, too. I gave her that one, too. And and we kind of took a little, little slightly different turn here, but it's all right. First John 5, just put that one up, if you will. Did I give you that one? Uh, First John, back up there. I think it's up there a little higher. Maybe I didn't. For, there it is. That's it. For whatever is born of God, that's you and me, right, is, overcomes the world. And this is the victory. It's overcome the world. What is it? Our faith. All right. Just staying in Him, relying on Him, depending on Him. Praise God. And you overcome everything. You have the victory. You walk in your triumph. You overcome things. Things just start happening. That anointing works. Amen. Everything clicks. Everything rolls just by staying in Him. So when you find yourself straining, you find yourself struggling, amen, then chances are you've stepped out from being in Him. So get yourself back in Him where you get in that relation of rest. Amen. No matter what's going on, you can get to that place, you'll find yourself walking in more victories, more successes, where you're not straining at it anymore. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Did you get something today? Yes. Praise the Lord. Give it a little of praise. Come on now. Amen. Why don't you all stand up? Hallelujah. Let me pray over you. Appreciate you letting me get done with that. So 
Father, we give you praise and glory once again. We're grateful for your word and these principles here today. Thank you, Lord, for people that are in you. Praise God. Hallelujah. That in you we live and move and we have our being. And Father, we give you praise for that. Thank you for a people, Lord God, taking ground, moving forward, praise God, and being all they're called to be. And Father, I come against any kind of hindrances, any kind of uh, things there, any barriers, any little limitations, any things that maybe that maybe it's kind of held them back. Maybe the things about their past. Maybe it could be shame, guilt, whatever it may be. It could be just a mistake made or something that's gone on or a thing they went through. Whatever it is, Father, I thank you right now, uh, giving them wisdom. Praise God, Hallelujah, Lord God. Uh, just helping them. Praise God to let go of some of that. Praise God, put it behind them and take ground going forward. Praise God. Father, we give you praise for that. Uh, Lord, just uh, forgive us for the times that we, uh, we didn't uh, let go of it. Uh, but Lord, we know that you're faithful and you're just to forgive. And so we thank you for that and give you praise for it. Amen. Thank you again for a people moving forward, taking ground, a people in you. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Love one another and you are dismissed. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.